1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Sales Velocity TV and radio. I'm Andrew, that's Aaron, and we're going to rock the three pillars of every top sales machine today. And it's on the heels, Aaron, of my book, Sales Velocity. In case you were wondering where the show name came from, folks, you might have just got an inside scoop. But uh, there's three pillars of the Sales Velocity philosophy, and we're going to break those down here today. And Aaron, excited to do it with you, buddy.
0: Happy Friday. We decided to go the all-white mode today. I
1: you like know it. what? I just noticed that myself now. For those that are watching live, we're
0: all-white today in Not favor
1: of, I don't know what, white no. shirt day. Yeah, it wasn't coordinated. just turned well out that Well-coordinated. Well-coordinated. How are things, buddy? You ready to rock?
0: I'm ready to go, man. Good, we man. We can dive right in if you're ready to roll.
1: Yeah, so listen, folks. We, um, we're going to talk about organizing your sales process. When I wrote the book, Sales Velocity, which was a bestseller in… 2017, I broke the book into three parts. The three parts are, number one, direct response marketing, right? So businesses that get the most leads, that are the most relevant, have a direct response marketing strategy at the core. Not a general big, broad advertising strategy, but a direct response marketing strategy. We'll break that down. Second part is multimedia selling. They don't sell one way. They sell multiple ways because they know that their prospects consume information and process information with different forms of media. So pigeonholing themselves into one form of media wouldn't make a lot of sense if many of your prospects don't respond well to that media. We'll talk about that now as well, offline versus offline. And then the third piece, which we talk about a lot on the show, I think we've done entire episodes, is customer experience. When you acquire the customer, what then happens next? Right. What is the experience like for them so that that stimulates more referral activity? And those are the big three that we're going to break down here today. And again, on the heels of the book, Sales Velocity. Now, you know that our show is powered by our software platform, Pipeline Pro. And if you're a member of Pipeline Pro, you get a free copy of the book in digital form, which we have inside of our members area. If you don't have a license to Pipeline Pro, you can get one at gopipelinepro.com and then you get a copy of the book. For free in digital form, the physical form, by the way, Aaron, I don't think I told you this, or maybe I mentioned it. We are carving away behind the scenes at the next version of Sales Velocity, the book 2.0, which obviously every book there's updates as the years go by. Things change, things need to be added. So we are, we are working behind the scenes at the Sales Velocity 2.0 physical book update that should be ready either end of 2021 or beginning of 2022. Can't wait to see it. Yeah, so let's dig in, buddy. Any thoughts on those big three before we tackle the big three?
0: Well, it's interesting that we decided to do this topic this week because I actually was fortunate enough to get a recorded copy of an interview with um, two of the the three big minds behind Gunthy Ranker. this ah, week.
1: Ah, yes. Good old-fashioned, direct response TV, the, best. the pioneer. The beast. Gunty Ranker. Man, that's a yeah, name I haven't heard in a some
0: while. Of their, their, their biggest products they've ever done are... Um, you know, Cindy Crawford's yep. cream line, uh, proactive, absolute monster. I think proactive's been number one for like this. It's something insane. It's something like 700 weeks or something.
1: And, and didn't, did proactive crack a billion in sales or now, or are they in the hundreds of millions? They did. Oh,
0: yeah. A long time uh, ago.
1: So for those that don't know, that's that, that was that acne for kids product that just, I mean, it was probably on TV for 10 years. It was huge.
0: Yeah. It, it and was, now it's it probably
1: was. on the shelves of stores if I had to guess.
0: I, I, t- I believe after watching, it was the biggest selling uh, infomercial of all time. No doubt. Why I was watching it is that it was taught, they were basically just saying like every time things go wrong, it's because they have stopped focusing on the core elements that always work. Right. And that's going into your first topic, which is, you know, direct response marketing, but if you look at their success, their customer experience was phenomenal, right? And they were talking about how, they were literally everywhere. They were saying some days they were running 40 spots on MTV in one day, right? And then they would, you know, you'd leave there and they were in every form of digital and every form of print. And like, they they were like, if if there's a place to be seen, we are in it because you wanna make sure that you know, we're never leaving the customer's mind until they buy,
1: in right? and, and, and good point, that's the multimedia selling piece, meaning exactly. multiple forms of media. They were big on TV, TV was the mecca for them, but then they went internet and they yep. even went direct mail. I mean, they even, they even went direct mail and they even started taking full page ads in magazines and newspapers. So they went true multimedia selling once they had that direct response offer in place. And then of course the customer experience, like you said, Always good behind the scenes, right? Great yeah, with the proactive great with the packaging, good. Aaron, right? Always good material in the packages, and not great, just receipts. Great
0: customer service, yep. you know. And, yep. and they're at their peak with proactive. They were doing four hundred million dollars a year. Wow, in, in sales. Wow, 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 wow. So anyway, so let's in dig in. That's, that's saturated. That was their. That's the. That's the. The key thing I think part of what we need to talk about today is when you're coming into a market. That's why you don't come into a market with the traditional big box awareness, you know, advertising,
1: big, broad advertising. That's called just general advertising.
0: advertising, the right story, the right angle, the right hook in order to be able to compete with these massive, massive budgets of these yeah. huge, you know, conglomerates that you're competing against. Once you get big enough, you, you know, it's, it's, you can go into the big, you know, traditional branding awareness sure. type advertising, but you've got to have a lot of capital to play that game. So in the beginning, You got to be zoned in on who your ideal audience is, whatever their pain points are. How do you move them into the buying process? How do you follow up? How do you nurture them? How do you serve them? How do you keep them? How do you sell more stuff? You know, and that's where the direct response comes from.
1: And if you think about, so let's, let's break down direct response. Some business owners don't know this term. It's not a general marketing term. It certainly isn't a term that's taught in marketing classes in schools at all. It is a kind of offline mysterious term. Direct response marketing means you have a direct offer to a very specific audience. So if you take ProActive as an example, they didn't just go big broad with with acne, Their, their audience was teenagers. They went after teenagers with a very specific offer that spoke to the language of not only the teenager, but the parents who were the buyers, right? And their product was specific to acne. Most importantly, their messaging was specific to not being embarrassed anymore. The psychology of it was to no longer have to feel like you can't show your face in public. They didn't talk about the cream. They didn't talk about the 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 the, the, the ointments. They talked about the end result of what you could expect to feel when you got through a proactive routine.
0: Unbelievable. And, and a big part of direct response is the crafting of the story. And this yes. is what they talked about is that Proactive was created by two doctors and the doctor told the story of how her whole teenage livelihood was destroyed by acne so she set out
1: moralizing for these kids
0: yeah and so she set out to find the solution not only for herself but also for other teenage girls who so they didn't have to go through the same thing it is so now you've got a doctor telling a story connecting with emotion and audience and this unique process that they came up with in their product, these are all elements of traditional direct response. You've got a compelling story. You've got a compelling figure. You've got a serious pain point. You've got a solution that's unique that you're bringing to the market, and then you've got the actual sales elements in it, which they talked about. They said that they spend something like 10 people, they have 10 people on staff per, and, and these people are paid like, you know, average you know, m- you know, media, uh, 60, $70,000 a year. Yep. And the only thing they do is test coming up with new bonuses and the names of the bonuses. They said, it's not just the bonuses. They found that the names of the bonuses themselves can have a dramatic effect on their direct yeah. response rates.
1: That is so fascinating.
0: Just coming up with names and bonus stacks to help move the needle on their sales
1: interesting point you make great businesses that have great offers and that are great marketers of their products and service so you know so the the thing that you want to understand is whether it's skincare line vitamins financial services legal services these businesses are not legal businesses or financial services businesses they're marketers of legal services, the good businesses. They're marketers of medical services. They're, they're marketers of proactive acne solutions, right? And when they make the shift of becoming marketer of the thing and not the thing only and talk, ser- and talk products and features and features and we're great and we do this and we've researched this, we, we, we. When they get past that and they get into the head of the prospect, when they get into the head of the audience and they're able to use stories and it becomes just so much more relevant. And that's what I, that's where I think the disconnect is with most businesses is they just want to advertise their thing, but they don't want to get into the minds and the hearts of the prospect they're advertising to. And that's where direct response marketing comes in. So when you, it's a shift that has to be made by the way, businesses yeah. have trouble making the shift because we've always been taught about advertising. We've always been taught about general marketing, just putting out a message, big, broad cast, a wide net and just a Jack of all trades kind of master of none approach. and, no real direct response strategy. So I break that piece down in detail in the book in the beginning, but that's really what you need to move to if you're not there already. So if you don't have unlimited leads and you don't have a lot of deal flow coming in, it's probably because you don't have a direct path to the right audience. And that's the direct response component.
0: And you know what I found really interesting? Cause I, I can send you the the clip if you want, Andrew, after the show. Yeah. One of the, I can't remember whether it's Gunthi or Ranker that's being in, interviewed. Um, He said because they have such great production teams, they had a lull for about a year in high converting stuff. And so he said they would bring him the infomercial and they would test two-minute infomercials, five minutes, 30 minutes. They're always testing. you got to always be testing. That's a big Mm -hmm. part of direct response, right? Right. Always trying to beat the control. And what he was saying is that they got in a lull because they would bring him the finished product. And he would watch it and he would go, ah, oh, they did a great job. He's like, cause we have great production people. He's like they know what they're doing. So I'd read it and go, that's a great job. Now let's go put some money behind it on some ads and see how it converts. And they went through a lull of a year where nothing converted hmm. where they needed it to. And then he, he stepped back and said, what what is the problem? Like has the channel changed, the audience changed? Like what's the problem? You know what he realized? He said he wasn't reading it anymore he said, the key to our success is the words. It's not, the production is a part of it, et cetera, et cetera. The key is the words. It's going back to the old school ad structures of the Eugene Schwartz's of the world and the legends in the space. As he said, so at that point, he said, don't bring me the finished version. I don't care. Bring me The written word, I want to read it myself and see if the elements that need to be there are there, you know, capturing attention, unique, big, bold claims, testimonials, Mm -hmm. case studies, bonuses, the things that make people take action. And the moment that he made that, that change where he said, I want to see the first version in the word form and I want to see the second version in the word form and I want to look at them side by side to see what elements have changed. They got right back to where they needed to be. He said, because he got lulled in by the beauty of the production. Uh
1: Interestingly, it all starts with the written word, by the way. Right. You can't have a video or a webinar or any of that without a commercial or none of it can start without the written word as a script at first, right? So we've done two episodes that come to mind, by the way, if you want to dig down deeper on this. Number one, we've done an episode on copywriting and the power of the written word, how it all starts. And we've also done one on the ultimate story selling approach. I forget what the title of it was, but we did one on storytelling to resonate and get your message, like you said in the beginning, to resonate better with an audience. So all past episodes of the show are at salesvelocitytv.com, well worth watching. If you wanna dig down on two things, the power of copywriting and understanding how to get the written word moving for you and the power of storytelling, because again, most likely you have a story as to why you're in the business that you're in. You most likely, didn't just do it to make money, of course that was part of it, but you probably are in a business in which you were trying to find the solution to a problem that either you had or someone close to you had in the business and the product and the service is that solution. And if you find that story, you will connect with other human beings 10 times more than you will with facts and features about your products and service, no doubt about it. And that my friends is direct response marketing, which is pillar number one. Pillar number two, we touched on it a little bit, is multimedia selling. If you sell by webinar, I'm gonna use an example here, Aaron, right? If you're a business, and this is common today, a lot of businesses, their, their core selling media is webinar. If you sell by webinar, and that's the only way you sell, and there's no other media or method that you sell, you're probably going to run out of gas on that method eventually. Now, if you take that same webinar, and you maybe convert it into a long form sales letter and maybe put it in the mail as a direct mail piece. If you take that webinar and think about maybe condensing it and creating an infomercial. If you take that same webinar that has worked and maybe you make it a direct sales page in which you could sell the product in a long form copy, what you're doing is you're carving up different forms of media for the same offer and getting in front of people who maybe don't watch webinars and maybe some people who don't do online but do offline and maybe some people who only respond to things on TV and not the internet and vice versa. So you see, when you, when you create a portfolio of media, which is part two of all of this, you are getting in front of new layers of people. And that is critical if you wanna scale, is you, you can't just be at one layer and one level, you need to be at layers and levels of people based on where they respond best.
0: Yeah, and the funny thing is, is that you just don't really know until you test it. I and- always say, Aaron, you don't know until you go yeah like you know that we, we we spend anywhere from four to five million dollars a month on paid advertising you know with clients and you, you know for for the life of me I, I can't figure out why one style of ad and one style of offer won't work on every channel like a yeah. lot just yes. doesn't make sense to me like why would why on facebook and instagram does an ad and a specific type of offer work great, but I put it on YouTube or I put it on TikTok or and it I put bombs, it, and it bombs.
1: I've seen it happen a lot too,
0: right? And so, what you have to understand is that not only do you have to have multiple channels, right? Multiple channels being, you know, online could be you know your Facebook, your Instagram, your YouTube, your email, your TikTok, your Snapchat, your banner advertising, your programmatic, whatever. But you also have to have different structures that you're testing to the offer because it's almost like you're speaking to different humans when they're in different areas, right? Right. Like we have a a primary example right now where we've got these um, really high profile Beverly Hills uh, doctors, they're they're marriage counselors, right? And nobody wants to watch a video sales letter from them. They're happy to click on the ad, they're happy to opt in, but they don't want to watch the BSL. And we're asking ourselves like, why wouldn't somebody want to watch? this VSL, and then one of my creative people said, well, I wonder if if it's on a, a video sales letter, they're worried about people around them hearing what they're listening to, hearing about their marital issues, which they're uncomfortable having. up. So when it's a video sales letter and it pops up, they're like, oh, I'm gonna watch that later, which later always means never, mm. right? And so we pivoted it to a written, Form, sales letter, and where all of a sudden you, where you can scroll it right off because now there's they can just read it you know at work or you know it, you know wherever there there might be people around, maybe they don't want their kids to hear, right? Like who knows, right? And so it was that one subtle shift, the same language, just a structure change that all of a sudden made the difference, which right. is why it's super important to constantly be testing different media channels and different structures of how you've got your stuff aligned.
1: Here's a great example that I see some of the big financial education companies doing. So you think about Motley Fool and Weiss Research, if you know some of these. These are these are fifty million dollar plus, hundred million dollar plus financial education companies. All they do is sell information, trading advice, newsletters to Agora's, investors.
0: Agora's one point two billion a year.
1: Agora's the biggest. Agora's the Microsoft of the the financial education space, right? But here's what they do as of the last couple of years based on multimedia, right? The video sales letter that sells their, I don't know, $200 a year newsletter is always like a 35 or 40 minute video where they talk about the problem and the pain points. And hey, this newsletter or this service can help you solve that, right? Same, same structure always. But what they started doing, multimedia, is underneath the video, there's now a button that says... Click here if you'd like to read this in PDF form. It's the same video script that that you can watch and listen to. Somebody's usually pitching it like on a microphone like I'm doing now. Or they can open it in a new window and it becomes a long form sales order. It's the exact same wording with images and graphic design of what is being read. So again, some people will watch and sit back and listen to the video like it's a TV show or like it's a YouTube video. Some will just not. They don't want to sit there, they want to read and skim. They're skimmers, they scan. They want to go from headline to sub headline to image and just get to the bottom of the offer and go, you know what? I got what I need to see in my little skim. I'm a skimmer, right? Left brain, right brain. Some people super analytical. They want to see every single detail. So they'll watch the whole video. They'll listen. They'll take notes. They'll read it. Others will go, you know what? I'm going to watch the first two minutes of the video. Then I'm going to click the button. I want to read the long form sales letter, scan the script, look for my talking points, check out the bullet points, look at testimonials. And in five minutes, I'm buying the thing. But that, that's not everybody. That's two different kinds of people. The analytical well, you've got two
0: different types of people, and then you've also got two different scenarios of where they might be when they responded. Exactly, right? Which is why it's so important, you know, to be maybe to be capturing their email and following up with them and driving them back to there later. because 100
1: percent. This is all lead gen on the front. I'm talking post yeah. lead gen for now,
0: right? Maybe they're maybe they're at lunch, maybe they're whatever, and they clicked it because they were interested and they popped in, but then all of a sudden they're they're distracted and whatever, and so. Do you have that same thing following up to them later in a new channel by yep. uh, email or SMS or whatever? Because they wanted to. They really wanted to consume what you have. But it, the timing wasn't right at the moment.
1: And, and, and frankly, Aaron, it isn't right for most people at the moment. So no. you got to be thinking about chances are about 8 out of 10 right now is not the right time for them to consume a 15-minute presentation, let's say. So if you go from the perspective of 80%, and that's a pretty good number, maybe it's 70 to 90% even, right? Yeah. It, but if you if you even say, let's be conservative, one out of two people right now, the timing isn't right, what is your plan? What is your plan for the 50% who can't do it now? And that leads us to customer experience, which is back-end, which is, I know you haven't got the customer yet, so we'll kind of bleed into that here. But that leads into follow-up, which is part of multimedia selling because multimedia selling isn't just front end. I think we dissected all the different forms of media you should be in. Now it's how many forms of media are you in from a follow-up standpoint? Email, Aaron, is automatic. In most cases, everything we're talking about today, it started with an email address and a name, right? The nice thing about the internet today, as you know, is when somebody clicks on this video or clicks on this page, or signs in, or even if it's a wide open page, they can be retargeted across the internet today. You see ads that keep showing up and you're cookied, common today. For those that don't know what that means, you might've clicked on an ad to learn about, I don't know, these new yoga pants. And all of a sudden now you're seeing ads for yoga studios, yoga material, more yoga pants. So you're like, how is this, does Facebook know me? Not, I mean, yes, they, they kind of do, of course, right? But the marketers also know that you clicked and you got cookied and this is common on the internet today, this isn't anything illegal or, or shady, it's just your 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 activity gets tracked
0: and you get shown well, it's, offers. It's a lot easier to sell to somebody who already is interested interest, in the product yeah. than it is to go to somebody cold, which is why 20% of our budget allocations go to retargeting with our there clients. Go.
1: There you go, so if you're doing advertising online and you're not retargeting people who've already visited and left, you are missing a ton of eyeballs that would come back to watch again when the time is right, right? So again, email follow-up. We built an entire system that is a multimedia follow-up machine for this reason, email, text, and voice. Our our, our platform pipeline pro is email, text, and voice, and even outbound phone calling all in one place because some people, again, don't respond to email, but they will to text. Some people will not respond to text because they don't like it, but they will read their emails. Others will get a voice drop and go, oh my gosh, that person just sent me a voicemail and they sent me to a website. I'm going to go check it out right now. So if you're not in a multimedia front-end environment, in a multimedia back-end follow-up environment, you're missing out on a ton. And this takes thought. This takes organization. This takes thoroughness of putting a strategy in place that gives you multimedia exposure on the front and ultimately on the back because your follow-up and your follow-through is going to be 30, 40, 50% of the sales that you make. And that will lead us in Aaron to
0: talking about, you know, people think of multimedia. Most of the time they think of like television, radio, digital, right? It's a piece of uh, it. That like even listening to this presentation the other day, and, and we've always done this with physical products when we have sold physical products, right? It's as simple as that insert that comes with your physical product, right? When you open it up that says, Hey, thank you so much. We're so, you know, we're so grateful that you've become one of our customers and blah, blah, blah. Let us offer you something special. It almost
1: never happens, believe it or not. We're going
0: to offer you this bundle as long as you go to this website and you claim it within, you know, seven days of receiving this package, use this promo code. That one insert is something like 17% of people will take advantage of that offer, that special offer that comes with the insert with the thing that they ordered. Right. That, what does it cost to, to print out a little tiny insert? Aaron,
1: almost, you've heard my gripe on this show many times before. I'm going to let you in on a little secret right now. I'm a huge, huge online shopper of nutritional supplements and wellness I'm products. Sure, everybody sure. I don't to, know the point, to the point to the point, folks, where a box a day is delivered with something. My wife thinks I'm completely insane. I am a junkie when it comes to testing new products, supplements, shakes, bars, you name it, all of it. It's just a passion of mine. And I look for it every time I'm begging for it. I'm begging for the, not just the receipt in the box. Cause remember that little box, if you've heard shows in the past, I always say the box that gets delivered to your door is like a mini salesperson showing up inside of a cardboard box. It is one of the greatest opportunities of all to get another offer, to get some feel good stuff in there, a sample, like you said, a letter. Thanks this is your first order, and because it's your first order, I'm giving you 20% off anything else we offer, and if you get on a continuity program, it's 20% off for life or whatever, whatever, What I almost never see it. My main vitamin nutritional supplement company that I buy from, by the way, which I'm going I'm to give them kudos right here on the show, Life Extension. They're based here in Florida where I am. They've been around for 50 years. They do more scientific studies behind their supplements than any other supplement company on the market by far. And they have a physical magazine that goes out with these studies every single month in print form. Here's the thing, thing, though. That's in nice. the boxes, Aaron, there's never not a brochure, a booklet, or an offer with a discount. Every single time I get one, I get two a week.
0: I would love to know how much revenue they generate from just those just alone. Just the physical
1: material in the all. boxes post-order, right?
0: Yeah. I guarantee they know. I mean, for me, I, I, what you have to remember is that when you, when you do stuff like this after the fact, hmm it's exponentially more profitable than anything else you can do because you already have the customer. I know. There's no additional marketing expense. Okay, maybe it's the three cents that it cost you to print and put the thing in the box. Three cents, right? What did it cost you to acquire the customer? $100, 500, yeah, a hundred dollars, five hundred, Yeah, it's
1: nowhere near what it costs to acquire is the point.
0: Right, so you pop that extra, you know, little pamphlet into the thing for three cents and all of a sudden you have a, a you know, 20% conversion rate on it and it's all pure profit.
1: It's amazing how many businesses I see skimp on the back, right? Don't it's, skimp it's, on the back when, when you've already money. got the customer. It's free money. Yeah, it's free money. It, but but that's, it's a really good point, right? And that brings us to customer experience, which is the third pillar. And that is once you've acquired the customer, and we've said this many times before, you do know that offering additional products and services to that customer, you have exponentially higher rates of conversion than you do to go out and get a new one cold. So if you're Absolutely. not offering what's, and you, you, you did a whole segment on this Aaron a couple episodes back, what's next, what's next, what's next. You don't have to be selling something every two minutes, but if you don't have a path to ascend to higher level products and services, you are a one show pony business. You are a buy or die one and done organization. And that is not a stable place to be. If you begin no, and end no, with one product and service, you're not on stable
0: ground. No, it's one of the things that they mentioned in that video that I'm talking about. The Guthier like, Yeah, you end up being the Snuggie.
1: <laughs> but the Snuggie. Is that the blanket the thing that you got wrapped up in? Or
0: yeah, like a glove blanket?
1: My daughter would yeah, love that. It was,
0: like, it, was like a, it was like a blanket you wore on the couch. Huge, massive. Yeah, yeah I remember this. Sales. Is that
1: what massive. it was called? Was it called that? I feel like it was. It was called the Snuggie. Oh my God, it's priceless. And they did a huge amount, but that was it. There's nothing behind it. Nothing behind it. No right? auxiliary, no complimentary product services, nothing.
0: You know, you, you look at somebody like, uh, and we've talked about him uh, before on this, on this um, show. We talk about our, my friend Ezra Firestone, who just exited a, a big portion of Boom by Cindy Joseph, the skin cream line, right? His goal was to get his return customer numbers as high as possible. And when he exited Boom by Cindy Joseph last month, his, out of his total overall revenue, the percentage of his customers that were repeat buyers was 60%. Do you know how much that improves your valuation when you go to sell it? Now, if you're you're that guy that's like, hey, I've got, you know, 90%, 95% of my sales are first time buyers. Ooh, we're blowing through people this is a short lived, very buyer die ish. Yeah. It's a very short lived scenario, right? Yeah. When, when you can say, Hey, our revenue this year was 30 million, right? And 18 million of that came from repeat buyers. Oh. Now, now
1: you got the attention of investors and partners or buyers, right? Absolutely.
0: Right. It's why software as a service gets such high valuations because they're all repeat buyers every single month. And continuity buyers, which are the best exactly. buyers, right? subscription exactly. model. Absolutely. So it's super, super important to treat your customers like gold. When they get in, think about what else they would love to have. Think about what their ideal journey would be with your product, create mechanisms to offer them the right things at the right time and, and put yourself in the head of the customer of how they want to be, you know, treated, how they, you know, how they want to feel. And more importantly, what's next on their journey, within this industry that you're in.
1: Agreed. So the three pillars, again, direct response, marketing as a strategy to drive every single eyeball and lead into the business, multimedia selling as an approach to sell in different formats since we all as humans consume media differently and we prefer other medias over others, so you wanna be in all of them. And finally, the customer experience, the back end piece. What happens when you get a customer? Do you stimulate more referral activity? Do you stimul- stimulate more revenue or not? And it's that simple. It's three pillars. Again, it's the book Sales Velocity. It was a 2017 bestseller. Uh, We're in production for the 2.0 version and all of our Pipeline Pro members get it for free when they activate a license to what we consider to be the most potent sales and marketing software platform in the world today. You can go to gopipelinepro.com. That's who sponsors our show. And we felt that at some point in time, when I put the book together, there needed to be software to drive a lot of these strategies that we talked about, and that's why we did it. So it really is a nice companion to the book and vice versa, the software is a nice companion to the book and the book is a nice companion to the software. So well,
0: one of these things that we talk about, you know, when people hear about them, they go, oh my God, that sounds so amazing, but it sounds like so much work. Here's the, Here's how professionals do it. They map it out. That's the work, map it out. Map it out. Then they implement it, right? And, and you can do exactly that inside of Pipeline Pro. And then once it's implemented, implemented 95% of it is automated, right? So the work is in the beginning. It's, it's thinking about what your client's experience should look like, thinking about how your products can align, thinking about how you're gonna follow up, where you're gonna deliver it. Then once you figure that out, you implement it in a software like Pipeline Pro. Right. From that point on, it's automated. And when, and when you're hitting all of these touch points and doing everything well, Now you get into you know what I like to call my world where I'll come put the gas on it and I will jam ten thousand customers into your business and you can do it with confidence because you know that your your customer foundation baby
1: foundation
0: yeah you've got the foundation taken care of your lifetime value on the customer is going to be excellent your follow up processes are going to be excellent you're going to maximize your return on ad spend
1: right right people today we talk about it business owners today they want to drive a bunch of leads and in traffic into what i call a leaky bucket mm-hmm. meaning their platform their foundation their software their infrastructure is weak and wobbly and oftentimes has holes and i see you see it more than i do because you're more on the traffic side i'm more on the funnel side right you see it more than i do so much good quality prospect traffic slips out the back door if you don't have a good infrastructure and sales velocity the book is the strategy and the philosophy Our platform, Pipeline Pro, is sort of the tactics in the the tech that drives all that. So hopefully this was helpful here today. I'm going to wrap it here, Aaron, unless you have any final thoughts on the three pillars that all top sales machines have in place. Those are them. I mean, of course, they have subcategories of these three pillars, but that is it. It isn't any more difficult than that. It's these three little buckets. And if you work within these three little buckets, these buckets can be like divisions of your company. And if you have a strategy that drives each of these divisions, it'd be tough not to succeed. Right. It would be really tough not to succeed if you are thoughtful enough with these
0: big three. Absolutely. Where can people see some of our older shows some replays, stuff like that?
1: Yeah, all shows. I think we're approaching 50 episodes here, Aaron. I don't know if this is 48, 49, or even 50. I got to get with the team. I should know this, but I don't. But you know what? I can find out where you can find out, and that's at salesvelocitytv.com where all past episodes are by video, by audio, on all your favorite podcast platforms. Leave us a review if you want. Let us know what you think. We're easily accessible. And we'll see you in the next episode. I'm Andrew. That's Aaron. This one's a wrap.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode. Sales Velocity TV is powered by Pipeline Pro, the ultimate all-in-one sales pipeline management and marketing automation platform that makes all others obsolete. And we can prove it. Take a tour at gopipelinepro.com. See you on the next episode.